Rhino, it's a special edition of the Friendly Confines Cubs podcast, uh, extra innings edition, where we're joined by none other than the Chicago Cubs TV voice, Lynn Casper. Rhino, is there another Cubs podcast that gets better guests? I mean, yeah, think about all the guests we've gotten on this program in the short time we have done this together. Joe Buck, uh, Willie Geist from the Today Show, David Kaplan, Mark Silverman, Mike Greenberg, Carl Ravitch, Sarah Spain. The list goes on. We are just scratching the surface, in my opinion. And to culminate that with Len Casper, who comes into everyone's living room every time you turn on Cubs baseball, it is absolutely remarkable that we are able to bring you these great interviews and this extra innings edition of the Friendly Confines. Yeah, we're excited to share with you uh, our talk with Lynn and a little bit of a tease in a couple weeks. You're going to be hearing from the radio voice of the Chicago Cubs, Pat Hughes. So uh, this is very exciting. Stick around. Stay tuned. And here is our interview with the voice of the Chicago Cubs on the Marquee Network, Len Casper. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. We are so excited for baseball to be back, and we are even more excited for our guest this week. You know him, you hear him, you watch him. He is the voice of the Chicago Cubs on the Marquee Network on your TV. It is Len Casper who is joining us here on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines. Len, welcome to the program with Chad and Ryan. How are you doing? And thank you so much for being with us. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys and uh, talking a little baseball here as uh, summer has officially started and uh, hopefully baseball is right around the corner. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that being said, Len, let's start right there. What are your initial thoughts about baseball being back and how the season is being laid out? Well, it's going to be a fascinating uh, journey to get through the, the 2020 season. Uh, as is the case in, in every facet of life, really around the world, uh, is the virus will dictate uh, whether or not we can get this thing going and completed. Uh, I, I really appreciate how Major League Baseball has tackled uh, the health and safety protocols. Uh, it's, it's incredibly detailed. It looks as though it's pretty stringent. Um, look, you know, telling baseball players not to spit and even to high five, Uh, That may be difficult to do in the heat of the battle or not to do uh, because they're routine oriented. Um, But I do think that a lot of the things that will happen in and around the ballpark and the clubhouse uh, and on the field and in the dugouts uh, before and after the games will help immensely. And, uh, you know, there is some personal responsibility on everybody's part uh, to, to make sure we're as safe as possible. But I think the bottom line is everybody wants to see baseball back. And uh, I cannot wait to get in the booth with Jim Deshays and get on Marquee Sports Network uh, in the first year of its launch. Uh, There's so many great people there. We've been waiting uh, impatiently uh, for the last several months uh, to to get regular season baseball underway. And finally, it looks like it's going to happen. So good to talk to you, Lynn. It's Chad here. And I, you know, I've had those concerns about health and safety. And and it's one of the things I've I've thought about is, are you, do you feel confident that once this gets started, uh, do you foresee, do you think this will go through with that, with, without players being lost, without maybe even teams being lost uh, or even the league halting? 
I don't really have a strong opinion on, on, on that because so many things have been out of our control and so many things have changed on a dime this year uh, on the health front that you know, it's really, really difficult to predict the future. Uh, I'm hopeful that we can get through this. And I think everybody is. And, and as I said, I, I think some of it comes down to personal responsibility. Probably most of it uh, is just a, a lot of luck. And, and we've had some bad luck in some areas of the country regionally here lately. Um, it, we seem to be, knock on wood, doing better uh, in Chicago and Illinois. Uh, so those are good signs. But um, you know, I trust people who are a lot smarter than I am and who have been right in the middle of all of this to try to figure out how to do it. They seem confident we can do it. So uh, I take them at their word. And uh, as I said, I, uh, I'm very much looking forward to getting back in the booth and calling games, however they will look. Yeah, well, I was just going to follow up with that, Len, uh, and with you having your first year, as you mentioned, with the Marquee Sports Network. What do you think that will look like? I know you're not going to be traveling with the team. What will that experience be like for you doing games from wherever you may be doing the games this year? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, unique, uh, uh, unprecedented in a lot of ways. Uh, we won't be recreating games necessarily uh, from a different uh, site uh, like they used to back in the you know, 20s, 30s, 40s um, when they didn't travel. But, uh, you know, doing a game off the monitor is something I've never done. And we're going to have to uh, have a pretty quick uh, learning curve here. Uh, we'll have some fun with it. I think people understand the situation here that the health and safety of everyone involved is paramount. Uh, they just want to see baseball and, uh, you know, we'll try to make it as comfortable as we can. Technologically, uh, Marquee Sports Network is doing some amazing things. Um, I don't know all of the things we're going to be able to do, but just a few of the things I saw in spring training and uh, what we hope to do were, are going to be pretty cool. And just the people are so great and, and they've worked so hard and diligently to get this thing off the ground. Uh, they deserve to have baseball on its airwaves and it's going to happen. I, and, and I'm so blown away. I mean, you, you talk about the, the Herculean effort to get a, a, a network off the ground and then you lose all your programming and, and what the, the marquee network has done has been pretty amazing to fill that time, knowing that they were going to have highlights and games every day. So when you think about the marquee network, what are you most excited about? Just about everything really. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as I said, I think it starts with the people, um, and, and, you know, I could name everybody at the network. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it, it would take a long time because they've hired a lot of amazing people, but it's really the quality of people starting with the general manager, Mike McCarthy, uh, Mike Santini, the, uh, executive producer, uh, their resumes are incredibly impressive. Um, I, I think there's a balance that they they have struck really well with giving you kind of a hyper Cubs local pinpoint focus on this team, yeah. but also giving it kind of a national feel technologically and in terms of its presentation. So I, I really anticipate giving Cubs fans kind of the best of all worlds in that it, it is a local slash regional telecast specifically for Cub fans. Um, but I think they're going to really enjoy how it looks and sounds and feels. And, and I've always been of the mindset that even if you're not a diehard Cub fan, or God forbid you're rooting for the team the Cubs are playing against, that you still uh, will enjoy what we do. You know, we, we, 
we, we try not to turn people away no matter who they're rooting for. But uh, obviously, this is going to be a great thing for Cubs fans. Uh, it, you know, it's a 24-hour network, um, and, and I think people mostly want to see the games, and that's why this is a big deal uh, that it, a 60-game schedule is on the way. Um, but you know, a lot of it we're going to navigate through uh, together for the first time, and it's really cool to be part of a startup like this. Lynn, you're entering, I want to say, year 16 as the voice of the Chicago Cubs on TV. When you think about that, is does that mean anything to you? And, and knowing that, I want to say that's the same amount of time Harry had the mic with the Cubs. Um, I know you're very quick to, you know, you don't want to obviously compare yourself to Harry or Jack or anything like that. But just knowing you've been having that longevity with this organization, does that number mean anything to you? Well, I'm honored to be here, and every day it goes by, whether it's you know, 16 days, 16 weeks, months, years. And it is hard to believe that I've been here that long. My my son is 19, and and basically, you know, most of his life has been spent uh, in Chicago. This is our home, uh, so I think that's number one. And I feel uh, very much a part of the Cubs family, not only with the team, uh, with the new network but with the fans in general. And when people say that I am a part of their daily uh, life uh, in, in terms of three to four hours a day, my voice is pumped into their household. Uh, I don't take that lightly. Uh, the, the, the responsibility is precious. It's special. And it's something I never take for granted. And I'm uh, just you know, so excited to be here and uh, you know, looking forward to what could be a really intriguing baseball season. It's it's going to be so unique with the shortened season and just being within the the, the central region um, and even within our league play, just the central region. When you think about, let's get into the gameplay. What are you most looking forward to this season with the collection of players that are really in in the, in a lot of the cases in the prime of their careers? What do you what do you foresee for this team that has kind of ran out of gas the last couple of years towards the end, but under new leadership and and uh, new marching orders? What do you think is the the prospects for this young group of talent? I, I think it's in, almost impossible to predict what a team's record will look like in such a short season. I believe it's 37% of what a normal uh, 162 would look like. Um, it's possible uh, the best team in the division, in any division, might not even make the playoffs because of a bad 5-10 to 10 game stretch. Uh, that happened to the Cubs last year, as you know, when they lost nine in a row in September and kind of uh, you know, ended the season with a thud. Uh, and, and, and now with a new manager here, but a very similar looking roster, I, I do think they come in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, the, mo- the thing I'm most interested in to more specifically address your question is what the quality of play will look like and how games with no fans or very limited amount of fans and how that affects the players on the field. Uh, I'm very curious to see you know, who will really step up and if it negatively impacts other guys who really seem to feed off the energy of the moment. Um, in a lot of ways, guys, they're going to have to supply their own energy, especially if they have to socially distance from their teammates, you know, no high-fiving and things like that. Uh, I could see some guys being a little out of sorts, and if you get into a slump, uh, that could really get in your head. Uh, so that's the thing that I'm most interested in in terms of a 60-game you know, pandemic <laughs> major league season is just what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like uh, you know, runner at second and in extra innings, how 
strategically managers are going to play that. Uh, there are just a million uh, really intriguing angles that we'll tackle on a daily basis. Well, Len, you bring up a great point about that with players trying to get themselves kind of, you know, pumped up, so to speak. There, there's chatter that potentially maybe teams would bring in crowd noise. Is that something that you think teams could potentially consider to just give the, the players that kind of ambiance and experience to feel like there's people there? Does, does, would that make sense? I don't know the answer to that. I suppose, um, you know, Major League Baseball could allow teams to do whatever they want, uh, or they could simply say, nobody's doing it or everybody can do it. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I, you know, I know that there've been um, uh, some soccer uh, telecasts that have had uh, fake crowd noise pumped in. Uh, I've heard rumors about the NFL maybe doing it. I don't know exactly how we're going to handle it and whether that would simply be a TV thing or actually would be heard in the ballpark. Uh, this is, I'm only speaking for myself. My, my gut tells me, that the start of it would be as natural as possible. And the other part is, you know, as a fan, the opportunity to hear what guys are saying on the field uh, is, is unprecedented, as I said earlier. So to, to pump in crowd noise and to not be able to hear some things that we normally wouldn't um, almost feels like a missed opportunity. So I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to hearing some of that chatter on the field with the lack of crowd noise and, and just kind of, play through that and, and see how it feels. So there's going to be a couple rule changes that, we, well, we knew the the minimum batters face for relief pitchers, but what do you think? What's your take on, you touched on it a second ago with the runner on second for extra innings, obviously a health and safety measure to make sure there's not any 16 or 17 inning games. Um, what do you think about that, the DH? Because that obviously is lighting up social media right now. Well, the DH thing was, was going to happen at some point anyway, uh, and it just was fast-tracked because of, uh, the circumstance. Uh, I'm not losing sleep over it. I do prefer the National League style of play, but uh, I had come to accept that the DH would be universal, uh, and it should be because, or at least the rules should be the same with all of the interleague play. Uh, the Cubs will spend a third of their schedule this year playing American League clubs, so yeah, I, I, I think the Cubs are one of those teams that should benefit from the DH. Uh, because they do have some some guys you'd like to get that bat in the lineup. I just don't like the. I'm not going to fight it. Uh, it, it. It will be exciting. It it, it will create a, a lot of discussion about what a manager might want to do uh, strategically. I would have preferred a 12 inning uh, cap on games, and if it ends in a tie, so be it. Um, but. Ties are something most people don't like anymore, so I, I understand that I'm a bit of a dinosaur with that uh, <laughs> idea in mind. So um, it is what it is, as the kids say, and uh, away we go. Uh, you know, they're not going to do the runner at second and extras in the postseason, so that's that's the best news. And um, you know, I'm a big hockey fan. I don't like shootouts, so any gimmick you you, you use in overtime or extra innings, typically I, I would shy away from. But you know, we're we're in an unprecedented moment, so you got to try some stuff. Len, I'm going to take you back for a second. I'm sure you've been asked this question, but I, I don't think I know the answer. Is there a favorite game in your 16-year career with the Cubs that you've called that stands out or that kind of holds a special place in your heart more than any other? Oh, there are a bunch. Uh, I would think the first home game uh, against the Brewers back in 2005. I had worked at Wrigley previously, but never in the home booth. 
that was a pinch me moment. Um, I think it was opening day. Oh, eight. Uh, the Cubs actually lost the game in extra innings, but Kosuke Fukudome yep. in his Cubs debut hit a, a three run homer in the ninth to tie it. Uh, I think of the Aramis Ramirez uh, walk off against Milwaukee in 07 that kind of propelled Lou Pinella's club to uh, a division title that year. Uh, the Carlos Zambrano no-hitter uh, in Milwaukee. A lot of Milwaukee connections uh, against the Astros <laughs> uh, in 08. Uh, the Chris Bryant three-homer, two-double game in Cincinnati. Jake Arrieta's second no-hitter in Cincinnati. Uh, there are a million of them. But um, a lot of them have been here in the last few years and, and probably too many to name. And then just being there for Game 7 in Cleveland, even though I – I uh, only did one inning of radio that night, uh, being on the field interviewing the Cubs after they won uh, their first World Series in 108 years was something I'll never forget. Yeah, the the moniker "lovable losers" we can we can say that's that's been parked. Uh, that that is no longer the the the, the case. Uh, how do you feel? I know Ryan earlier asked you and you know about your 16 year career, but I, I would take it in a different way. You are here right now at a time uh, such a special time in Cubs history. Tell us just about, you know, does that hit you that, that you were able to be a part of this ascension? And, and what does that mean for you to know that this is a, an organization that is really investing in winning now? Oh, for sure it's special. Uh, you know, I think you get you get spoiled when, it, when teams are good. And when the team is bad, it feels like they're never going to get good any, uh, again. And how quickly did it change in 2015? You know, the Cubs had uh, a pretty long stretch of losing baseball. And then all of a sudden they caught fire in 15. And then a year later, win the world series. Uh, they haven't had a losing season uh, since uh, 14 was the last time the Cubs had a losing record. And you know, I don't take that for granted. Uh, I appreciate all the good years. Uh, even the, the, the years in which the Cubs uh, struggle, I, you know, I still get a lot of enjoyment out of those seasons just because I love the game so much. And we only have a finite amount of time on this planet as it is. And, uh, and to sit back and, you know, be upset that, that you're calling big league games for a team that isn't winning. I mean, uh, every game I call is, is a ton of fun, but it's a heck of a lot more fun when your team is really good. And I, you know, I will never tell a fan how to, uh, how to behave or how to, how to treat uh, his or her team. I would just say as, as frustrating as it can be when things don't go well, I really hope, and I think that's the case that Cubs fans get as much enjoyment as they can out of the good times because it doesn't last forever. It is fleeting. And all of a sudden, if you have a really bad year, uh, you know, you have to have that balance of completely enjoying those years that are really good. I know everyone got a ton of joy out of 2016. Um, 2017 was frustrating because of the way it ended, but that was still a really good year. They got back to the National League Championship Series. Uh, 18 was frustrating in that long extra inning game in the wild card the Cubs didn't win, and then the nine in a row in September last year was a real you know, shot to the gut uh, that ended up ending Joe Madden's uh, uh, Cubs career, and now he's moved on, but that's what makes the the good time special, right? You ha you have to have the the ebb and the flow and the good and the bad. If it's all just good, 
it would be like being a Patriots fan. And then <laughs> all it is is win, 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 win. And there's a point where if they lose a game, you know, you, you feel like uh, your entire world has been taken away. That's not how most fans of most teams uh, kind of view the world. And um, so, yes, it's been incredible here, and I don't take any of it for granted. Len, we'll let you go on this. Um, I know you were a part of the uh, Hot Stove Cool Music event. It was a little different this year, but you were a big part of that. Um, go ahead. Talk a little bit about what that was all about and uh, how you were involved. Yeah, it's a great uh, two times a year event, one in Chicago, one in Boston. Uh, we were unable to host uh, in Chicago this year. It would have been last weekend when the Red Sox came to which behind the scenes. Uh, I know it was incredibly difficult and challenging to put together, but it was an amazing night. Uh, performances from Common, um, Steven Tyler, uh, James Taylor, uh, my band, the 45, made up of a bunch of Chicago All-Stars. We uh, debuted uh, our first single, and uh, Joel Murray uh, got to intro the band. Uh, Sunshine Boys, another great Chicago band. Uh, Michael Malley uh, was the host. Theo was involved. Peter Gammons. Bernie Williams played uh, guitar. Uh, it was Bronson Arroyo, uh, the former pitcher, has a great band. So it was a wonderful night. I don't have the final total of how much money was raised uh, for Theo's foundation to be named later, but it, it's going to be a lot of money. And, and this was the most important event we've had to date, just because there's a lot of need around the world. Uh, with what everybody's going through right now. And uh, all of the, the money goes to, to great efforts in both the Boston and Chicago communities. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. That's fantastic. Len Casper, our guest here on the seventh inning stretch, of course. You can see him on the Marquee Sports Network, the longtime play-by-play announcer for the Cubs. Also, don't forget, Chad, he has a podcast, too, Open Concession. Fantastic with podcast. And He's got great... They've, they've had Joel Murray on. They've had they've had a lot of great guys. Fergie Jenkins, Billy Williams. They get they get a big big names, uh, a lot of big names on that program too. So check it out as well. Hey Len, we cannot thank you enough for the time. You have been more than absolutely you know appreciative of, of your time, and uh, we really thank you. Best of luck this 2020 season. We would love to have you back on the show whenever your schedule allows. Thank you so much for being with us. Ryan and Chad, I appreciate you having me on. Let's uh, let's enjoy a fun baseball season. Thanks, Len. You got it. Thanks, guys. Our thanks once again to Len Casper, the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs and the Marquee Network. And, you know, Chad, Len has his own podcast, Open Concessions, with Len and J.D. They get great guests, too. They he does. Bob Odenkirk, Carrie Wood, Billy Williams, Ferguson Jenkins. I mean, Joel Murray. They, they get a plethora of great guests. They might be the one Cubs podcast that gets better guests than us. I'm, I can admit that, that they are better than us when it comes to guests. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to disagree, but whenever I see who they get, I assume that we're going to get those guys one day too. We're going to do this long enough. Um, we're going to get anybody and everybody we want to talk. That's kind of my goal for this. How about you? And you know what? With that being said, it would be great to hear from our listeners as to who they would want us to interview. So remember, you can go to the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines podcast Facebook page. We love interacting with the listeners and hearing from you about what you would like us to talk about, and maybe who you would like us to interview. And don't forget, Chad and I are also on Twitter. You can find Chad at the Chad Gordon, and you can find me at Ryan D. Lieber. So stay tuned for more great interviews and great shows coming up every single week.
Time you walk into Wrigley 